This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. You're listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, episode 198, Raya and the Last Dragon, brought to you by Water and Trust. Welcome to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, the number one place to get your animation fix with animation addicts just like you. Each episode, we dive into the wonderful world of animation featuring Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, and everything in between. From hilarious discussions and movie reviews to interviews with industry insiders, this show's mission is to brighten your day through our love of animation. So hop on your nerdy couch, grab some snacks, and get ready to hang out with your animation besties because it's time to dive into today's episode. Welcome to the Animation Addicts Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Morgan Stradling. And I am Chelsea Robson. And we're back. But we're not doing Woo-hoo. we're back. No, not we're not. the movie. That's We've not the that. movie today. We've done that one. <laughs> it's a good one. Go check it out. But we are back. We are officially back for season nine of the Animation Addicts Podcast. I cannot believe we are on our ninth season of doing the podcast. I mean, yeah, that's pretty amazing. No, like I have a niece who's turning eight years old and that's just crazy to me because <laughs> we she was podcasting. born after we started. Yeah. <laughs> we had already started this and the whole thing just makes me feel really old, but also very mature, you know, just like, look how seasoned we are. It's amazing. Yes. Old is a state not of really. mind, Chelsea. So you are not old yes, unless true. you actually, you know want to think that you're old so definitely not old this is a podcast for animation addicts if you are a millennial basically like millennials with with a little bit of gen z in there but if you grew up Mm -hmm. in the 90s in the 80s watching animated classics where those were your jam the vhs if you know what a vhs is then yeah this is for you this is the podcast for you and we are excited to be back So this episode, we are going to be reviewing a good one. We are going back to our roots with Disney animation, Raya and the Last Dragon.
are two friends who have a passion for animation. We used to have three of us on the podcast. The amazing Mason Smith was one of our co-hosts for many, many years. He did join us last year for a few episodes, but now it's just Chelsea and I, and we may have special guests here and there, but today is just a Morgan Chelsea episode. So speaking with season nine, I want to do some housekeeping and some format changes to the podcast. So typically for all of this time that we've been podcasting, we release our episodes every two weeks. And obviously we've wanted to get the show to be a weekly podcast. That is where it's at. I know that I, I eat up podcasts. That's all I'm listening to. And even the shows that are once a week sometimes aren't enough for me. And so we heard you. We know that you guys want to have the show once a week. So because of the patrons of the show, we are now excited to announce that the show will be once a week. We are so, so pumped. And the way that it will be structured is that we are going to still have our review episodes where we review a movie, whether it's past or present. And then the next week is going to be our nerdy couch discussion episodes. So in the past, these would be kind of like a mini segment within the main episode. But we thought it'd be fun to expand those out to give you guys more content. Sometimes they relate to the episodes and sometimes not. And sometimes we're yeah. just like, hey, did you see that? Yes. <laughs> Let's talk about that. So, yeah, we're just like kind of going to kind of go more like shooting by the hip on those episodes of just like kind of what you guys are talking to us about mm -hmm. and what uh, we are seeing around us and just trends and just times when Morgan and I just want to like shoot the breeze. We're going to bring you in on those moments. Yes, It'll be great. Yes. Our friendship is completely public. <laughs> <laughs> Patrons do have the opportunity to submit questions for the Nerdy Couch discussion. So if you are a patron, there is a place where you can submit as many questions as you want. And we may choose to do that. And then our Diamond level patrons do have the opportunity to join us for those Nerdy Couch discussion episodes to discuss a topic of their choice, which is pretty cool. So again, thank you. Thank you, patrons. And I'm just so pumped to not only be back, but to be back in this weekly fashion now, if you are new to the show or you've been listening for a long time, you should definitely consider becoming a patron. Go to rotoscopers.com slash patron because if we still have our goal of doing even more shows and once we hit a certain patron level, then we can bring you instead of just once a week, doing it twice a week. So we hope that you guys like this format change. It will give us more opportunity to discuss the movie and then we won't feel so rushed when we're doing our Nerdy Couch discussion episode. So just to tease what the next Nerdy Couch Discussion episode will be on after this episode, it, we're going to be discussing the change in the movie industry since COVID, specifically with Disney and their premiere access of their films. Raya and the Last Dragon was released both in theaters and as a premiere access, Where, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Stay tuned to next week where we will dive into that more and the implications for the movie industry as a whole and for Disney and for consumers. I'm excited to dive into it. So without further ado, let's jump into the main event, Raya and the Last Dragon. Before we get started, let's set the stage, set the scene for Raya and the Last Dragon. This movie was directed by Don Hall, Carlos Lopez Estrada, as well as co-directors Paul Briggs and John Rippa. It was released in the United States on March 5th, 2021. 
It had a budget of a hundred plus million dollars. So it could be a hundred billion dollars. It could be $200 million. That plus <laughs> is everything, right? That holds the answer. Plus. And box office to date has done $97.2 million, which if this were a year ago, absolutely would be considered a flop. But because of the COVID pandemic and everything that's happened, movies are slowly rolling back into theaters. And as a result, they're not entirely going back to theaters. They are also going on all of these different platforms that are owned by the studio themselves. So we're going to dive into that into our Nerdy Couch discussion next week. But it is sad to me to see how the box office is just not as stellar as what we're used to. This definitely would be considered a bomb under last year's numbers and beyond. But what do you think, Chelsea? Oh, for sure. <laughs> like, this would be like a, that hurts. Um, but I, I do believe that with the streaming markets and everything, I think they'll be able to make it back their way. Yeah. I mean, everything is really moving over to that membership level. So mm -hmm. as opposed to like wherever they're going to make it back, they end up, it all comes out in the wash, I guess. Yeah. They're cutting okay. out the middlemen. So, you know, the big days of blockbusters as we know it might be coming to an end. Um, you know, especially since so much is going behind that paywall you, for if, I'm curious. Let, let us know in the comments of this episode, rotoscopers.com slash 198. Did you watch this movie on streaming through Premiere Access, which I believe is $30 to watch it, to rent it? Yeah. And that's on top of your Disney Plus membership. Or did you go see it in theaters? I feel for me, I was just so excited to get back out into the theaters and I wanted to support my local theater. It's just been really sad to see how that industry has really had a hard time this past year. So I was more than happy to purchase my ticket and to take all of my kids to the theater so we could watch it. And I really enjoyed the experience of watching in a theater. It, it, yes, you can enjoy, you know, with your great TV and sound system, but it doesn't really compare to in a theater. Yeah, um, I do enjoy in theater uh, moments. I ended up watching this via the streaming. I happened to be staying with my brother and his family. They've got four kids. And I was, um, I honestly did not say or suggest that we should watch anything. They were like, oh, let's all watch a family movie. Oh, we can watch this. And then they debated about the price. And, like, and then my brother's like, well, it would probably be more if we ended up going to the theater. Uh -huh. So we might as well just do it. You know, that's, it's, this is a, a family discussion and that's what it ends up being. So they ended up, you know, renting it. And I was interested to see, um, somebody that's not myself. <laughs> it was, it's just like a normal family, the norm, the, the normal patterns, people as opposed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just, as far as like, I am not having been at screenings and not having to like, as a press member, I Let's haven't say had to not pay for a to movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had to pay for a movie in a really long time. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's interesting to see what people end up paying for. <laughs> so yeah, it's actually really interesting because for bigger families, you know, it's kind of expensive to go to the theaters. You have to, mm -hmm. you know, pay for the prices, which have been going up over the years. And then there's the inevitable popcorn and maybe snacks that may come with that. And, 
you know, getting the everybody out of the house is maybe a hassle for some people. And it's so much easier, you know, especially the more kids you have, the better this is, this is a better deal as each child yeah. you add, um, you know, yeah. you just get to sit and watch the movie and you don't have to go anywhere. So very, very interesting. We'll be talking more about this on our nerdy couch discussion episode next week. So stay tuned, but let's talk about this movie, Raya and the last dragon. You know, it's so funny. Um, you know, even though I'm in the animation industry and we have the website with that covers all of the news, even in the back of my head, I always thought this was not Disney. Like I kind of thought it was Pixar for a time, um, even though it doesn't really feel like a Pixar film. But at the same time, it doesn't really feel like a Disney film to me when I was watching it. Did you feel that way as you were watching it? I, I feel like the character design is like the shapes of heads and everything like not necessarily the the head, but like the shape of the mold mm-hmm. kind of feels like it comes through. Um, like all the princess princesses yeah, have big a eyes, set, like a certain yeah. yeah, yes, those you know certain things that kind of they're the same the species. Disney okay, we know caricature. the princess species. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> no matter what color the skin, eyes, you know, hair, whatever it is, there's going to be certain determining factors of the Disney princess. Right. And Raya fits right in there with those big gushing eyes that make you look at him like, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I kind of I did see that as kind of a Disney thing, but I also didn't. Um, I guess I mean, it's been so weird over the last years because so many of the animation studios have been like the people, the, the animators go from studio to studio and so they all become a little bit of a mesh between each other just because those designers end up at the same places. I, you know, at least that's what you know, I've heard people say. And so I, I can kind of see that in the character designs in a lot of this different studios. Now, there's, that's not to say that they're all like that because you look at somebody like Illumination and, and their character designs are very different. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the... You know, Blue Sky had its moment. Oh, Blue Sky. Um, Yeah, so I just, I feel like there's a lot of interchangeability between different um, things, especially the closer you get to Disney. So this movie covers, she's not necessarily a princess, right? But, you know, she's a Disney heroine, therefore Mm -hmm. we dub the princess. And it covers this dot. You know, I thought it was really interesting the way that it was introduced. So we're introduced to Raya and her father. Well, the prosperous. We're introduced to this land of Kumandra where, you know, we were set up through these like shadow puppets type design of the basically the big battle that led to no more dragons being around and how there was this formation of this dragon stone that was then shattered and divided amongst all of these different tribes in different areas. And so there's five main groups that we're introduced to fang heart spine talon and tail and you know you say i was getting so many different vibes during the beginning of this movie like i definitely Uh. got um i definitely got avatar the last airbender vibes you know where they had these different groups like fang hearts but you know earth wind (laughs) water sort of thing um but then of course it you can't deny you know because of the asian theme very much mulan oh but it was way more than just the Asian theme. It was like, like you know, those those movies where it shows the um, 
how over the years during the 60s, they did a lot of rotoscoping and basically the characters were just copied and pasted and you can actually see them moving in the exact same character like oh, movements. Yes. The Disney- it kind of felt like that. The Disney, like the walk of like Baloo from one thing yes, to another yes. or um, what's Snow you know, White and Mowgli Mary, Mowgli. Mary and dancing yes. is the same model, basically. Yes, they yes, just, yes. Yeah. Traced over it, threw uh, Maid Marian's face on it and called it a day. Yes, exactly. And I felt like that was exactly Mulan during her, I'm going to get ready and go and storm the, or get, get to the Dragonstone moment where she's like getting all her gear on. And it's like uh-huh. movements like that were almost exactly the same. I was like, oh gosh, this is so Mulan. And you're just yeah. like cutting this, cutting and pasting this whole section in here. Yeah, that that intro was actually really interesting. So we skip ahead. Okay, so the orb has been split into all these different places and these different groups are no longer friends. They all hate each other. And well, there's still there's just one orb and it's just being held at her place. It doesn't break until after the the uh, girl from Talon comes in and it's like, oh, thank you. Yes. Okay. so I saw that coming a mile away. You know, here we are. The enemy fractions come hey, you know, the dad is just so doe-eyed and like optimistic about the world. Like we're all going to be friends. And then these two Why are hanging out being friends. Be friends? <laughs> yeah. And Namari was her name, you know, little girl Namari and Kaya. They start a, a friendship and a bond. It's like, yes, we can be friends. Thing, the world is good. But okay. <laughs> then it just shocked me how incredibly easy it was for this is the greatest thing in all the world essentially like this is holding the world together this dragon stone um you know and it's in heart obviously which makes sense and yeah. just the two girls can just walk in like no big deal like really <laughs> i have a hard time believing that there is not just dozens of guards everywhere around this place you don't just well, leave why it. is it just the dad and her yeah that are like the they're the guardians i'm like no 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 you, we're just going to take the night off. The art of war was not red. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, we'll we'll move on, but that was just really unrealistic (laughs) where, yeah, he spends all this time training her yet. They are the only defenders of it. And then, yeah, you could just stroll on in and the girl takes it. And then of course it breaks and shatters and introduces the big conflict where, you know, these horrible, uh, basically demons are, are just, killing people and turning them to stone. Yeah, that was one thing that bothered me through the whole thing. They didn't give a rhyme or reason as far as like, like why the Droon exist, what they were going after. And like, obviously if you have a beginning of something, you need to know that beginning of them in order to get rid of them. They just are. So yeah, they just appeared because of the dragon's, like yeah it's like <laughs> okay if you watch on youtube you have the the pitch screening or yes <laughs> what is what is rant. it called again they have a they have a series called pitch meetings it is my guilty yes. pleasure on youtube right now i'll include a link <laughs> in the show notes it is so funny so funny basically they're pretending to pitch various movies <laughs> and they're yeah, calling so out he... all of the ridiculous things in the movies <laughs> He plays himself on both sides. You have one as a screenwriter and the other one is like the, the studio the producer. Yeah. And so the screenwriter is telling you the, scu- the, sh- the studio executive, like what to expect in this movie, like you know, blah, blah, blah. And the executive comes back like, 
So why did he, why do these people exist, or why does the Druin exist? I, I haven't seen him do this ep, do an oh, episode on this one, so this. this is just this is just me like thinking. Okay, ahead, this is what you're gonna end up doing. Uh, so he comes in and he's like, uh, in my head, this the studio executive is gonna say. So why does the, do these people, or does this cloud exist? And the guy just comes back unclear. There needs to be a plot. Yes. <laughs> okay. Let's okay, move on. Move on. <laughs> Another common another common reason he says is because, and then he says, "Okay, <laughs> because, okay, <laughs> yeah, <it's> great." <laughs> he's he's awesome. Like free uh, free publicity yeah. to him because he's great. Yes. Okay. But uh, yes, the druids don't necessarily make sense. Their origins weren't necessarily. I mean, all we know is that the the land is ravaged by the the druid spirits and the dragons. You know, help fight it. And they turn- Something happened, and the dragons couldn't couldn't fend them off and so then five of these dragons which you discover you know our powers combined we turn into the dragon stone essentially um we trust each other and therefore we imbue our powers in this stone which mm -hmm. came from like water from one of the dragons i guess the most powerful and like that was the other thing that really bothered me because i couldn't quite get where like what the rules of this world were so like i just don't get it i think that's the problem a lot of times with these with the films that have like really great ideas you know i, I imagine this was somehow pitched you know there you know there's going to be dragons it's going to be at ancient times and there's going to be like martial martial arts and then they start building it out and then there's just you either don't have the time or it's just not important it just is which is fine you know we don't have to dissect everything but yeah, but it just like, is. <laughs> they're just they're repelled by water and trust. Like I don't get it. <laughs> trust. <laughs> like I I really don't understand. Like I understand, okay, you give them boundaries as far as water. Great. Okay. I know I can get that. Um but the only other thing is like, oh, we trusted each other, Raya. That's how we were able to beat them before. Like, huh? I just I, I don't I don't understand. It's sort of like how... Harry Potter, where you're telling me no one has ever sacrificed sacrificed themselves for another person and used the power yes. of love to yes. protect. Like Harry oh was the only gosh. person who was loved enough by a parent, like to put this love spell on him. Essentially, uh, it's not all added up, you know. But <laughs> it's cool. It's okay for the story's purposes. Don't Unclear. think too hard, okay? <laughs> <laughs> why did we do unclear. this unclear <laughs> okay uh, yes we're gonna steal yeah, that from him <laughs> yes no we, we definitely do need to i just i feel like that so when you going let's go back just a little bit uh you're looking at the the relationship between raya and um namari mm -hmm. and like namari she turns into it she's basically a mean girl and turns you know turns her back on her uh, mm -hmm. stabs she's, she's <laughs> devoted to her mom and her country first and foremost you know so she yeah. she plays she plays the friend just to backstab her right which leads yeah, to that's trust not... issues <laughs> <laughs> leads to major trust issues <laughs> which come up, come around later on and she does it again yeah she does where she ultimately where like... she kills sisu in that moment later on 
Which, you know, okay, so, she, and so then, Raya's losing people right and left due to this girl. She's losing her father. <laughs> and then she's losing she's, Susu, who becomes her, you know, her sister in a way. Bestie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, go. We're just jumping all over because I can't put this movie into. I'll, I'll start off by saying I liked the movie. I thought it was good. Um, but it was my nephew as I was watching it. I kind of like asked everybody like, so how do you like it? And my 14 year old nephew, who was just like, well, you know, it was kind of like exposition, exposition, exposition finished. And I felt like, yeah, that's really how this movie kind of felt like. It was just like, okay, we're done. <laughs> yeah, it was felt very formulaic to me, which was a problem because everything was incredibly predictable. You know, I predicted uh-huh. the backstabbing early on because it just seemed too soon that they were going to come together in peace. Like, you know, it, they, they set you up perfectly. Like, here's this thing that everyone wants. All of the people who hate each other are here in the same place. It's only been the first five minutes, so I highly doubt things are going to go well. Most likely someone's going to break in and steal it. So like that happens. And then, you know, once the orb is broken up, it was like, now we got to go to tail. Now Talon, now Spine, now Fang. Uh-huh. You know, it, there was just no. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Let's now go. Pete. Let's go. Yeah. It's... <laughs> oh, man. It, and it, snap. Was, it was just too predictable where I like knew where this was going. We're going to each. You know, all these things are really prized possessions and very well guarded, <laughs> but very easily to be stolen by, you know, a now, you know, 18, 20 year old girl. No big deal with her be- her ragtag gang that she accumulates along the way. Um, that and I get how they they needed somebody from every group mm-hmm. from every one of these countries to be able to come together and trust one another once again. Ooh, um, trust meter. Tell us know. in the comments how many times we say <laughs> trust today. The trust meter comes on right there. And I so I understood that formula of how they're trying to, like, bring everybody back together. Um, I just still don't understand a lot of the things. Like, she says that she's been for six years going through and trying to find this, you know, the end of all of, because, you know, Namari says, hey, there's going to, there's this, this last this dragon. Her spirit is, yeah, she, she has a scroll that says, okay, the, at the end of one of the rivers, there is the spirit of the last dragon. And mm-hmm. so you can go and find Sisu at one of these places. And wouldn't it be so great because we're both such big dragon nerds to be able to go and find uh, Sisu. And so uh, Raya makes it her mission. She ends up, you know, taking, they took the, they broke the stone and took it. And so she takes the the scroll and ends up going to find uh, Sisu spent six years chasing the mm-hmm, end of every mm-hmm. river. That was the other weird thing. It was like, okay, what exactly brought right or Sisu back? Like, well, was it up. just the before fact you that even she... get, before you even get to this? Okay, you're okay. telling me in 500 <laughs> years since this was broken and the this legend has happened where the last dragon was at the end of all of these little rib, river tributaries and breakoffs, but there's so many. It takes so long. In 500 years, there wasn't one. Or up in 500 years, there wasn't one other person or maybe a handful of people who were really dedicated, hardcore, super fans of dragons that also went to the end of every single river to find her. It's exactly like Onward, where they're just like, oh, it's just a game now. No one actually believes it. You're <laughs> so, right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yep. But anyways, um, going back to Sisu. So, yeah. So she, how she ends 
I, I had to watch this like twice because I was like, okay, is how in the world does she actually get this to work? So she she takes the water, she puts the dragon like pendant on top of it. Like, is the pendant magical? Is the pendant the thing that brings I mean, it back? Yeah, and if so, it could be Talon, like she could get it at their equivalent of Claire's. Like, it doesn't seem to be anything special yeah, with right. that. <laughs> it didn't seem like it was anything special, and they didn't establish it as being yes. anything special. Just, except this is something for the I fact- had, and I gave it to you. Now you have it. Right. Yeah. So there's, so now she, she comes here, she puts water in like a bowl or whatever, puts the pendant on top. And then she just is like, starts praying to Sisu uh, or the spirit of Sisu. And then Sisu just like comes back. Mm-hmm. Like the whole thing, like it's, it is a very, has a lot of religious um, undertones, uh-huh. but not of any specific religion. It is like a religion in their own making that they don't actually explain. They have these because- rituals that are important and established, but not important enough to really, we don't want to touch religion, so they're not going to go into it, but we're just going to touch on it, but not touch we're it, just gonna if you know what I mean. Show it without telling you. <laughs> and so you get it. Um, and I was watching it. It kind of reminded me of an interview I listened to with Orson Scott Card, who is an author and he wrote Ender's Game. Anyway, so he's talked about how in all of his books, he tries to add a religious background to each person, whether that be, you know, an actual religion or whether that be an, a, a non-religion, because non-religion has its own um, baked in traditions as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you are, you, 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 every outlook comes with a standard set uh of a worldview. And so when you are creating a book, you kind of want to, whether you explain that to the audience or not, you as the author know that that's what your character's worldview is and that's what guides them. Um, and so in this, you can obviously see they all have these motions that they, they put their hands in this like circle form and will go up to their head. And this is kind of like their yes. bow. Uh-huh. Um, this is how they, they like kind of show of, reverence to certain things. To yes. And so it's kind of like, I wish I would have known a little bit more about that connection. Rather, th- I mean, I think I felt like it would have added a little bit more to it. Um, they were obviously going for time and so didn't want to. Yeah. Uh, put that in there. But I feel like if you're just going to be doing it on, <laughs> on uh, streaming, it doesn't really matter how long it is. You know, call out to the you know Snyder cut <laughs> four hours long um so yeah that's what I was kind of wor- like not worrying that's what I was just like wondering about like what is this background thing that I feel like would explain this moment where she's kind of praying to Sisu but or trying to bring Sisu back and then Sisu just appears and and it just apparently it's not a deity it just happens to be like this you broke some code you know you know you hit the correct number of buttons on your on your controller, and now Sisu appears. Um, I don't know. Yeah, you I tell think, me. I think one way that they could have fixed it is tying it to the Dragonstone. Whereas you know, where I say, okay, in five hundred years, and no one was able to get to the right river, like it was just just her. She figured it out. Um, you know, and then she didn't have to do anything special other than build this little thing. Well, it would have maybe packed a little bit more of a punch is if 
in this legend to find her, you had to have the stone or part of the stone. That uh-huh. gives even more in reason to get this stone, and it makes it that much harder for her to even come back because the odds of someone actually having their hands on this is incredibly slim. That so it's also like a like a ruby red slippers. The the magic is with you. You had the power all along, kind of thing. No, I'm saying that you need the power. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, but she had the the stone. She had a part of the stone or oh, her plan. Yes had the stone for yes. 500 years so it's like they could have brought him back at any oh point yeah then. totally totally i don't know interesting <laughs> so we are finally to the second half of the title so we've talked at length about raya now let's talk about the last dragon you know this name of this ah. is really it's a good name i like raya and the last dragon i think is a little bit more tantalizing than naming it just raya you know versus yeah, the moana sure. sort of thing um, so I really like the title of this because there's a little bit of intrigue. The Last Dragon. What's that about? Who is the Last Dragon? You know, how, why yeah. is there only a Last Dragon? And yes, that is all in the first half hour. We discover all of this, but I thought uh, it was a fantastic title. So we yeah. are introduced to Aquafina's character, Sisu. So what did you think Side about note, her? I really like Aquafina just on her own. Uh-huh. I just think she's got a good vibe. Like she has yeah. a good... I like her voice. <laughs> it's like yeah. it, she's got a good, very distinct voice. And so I, I, I think she does a great as a as a voice actor was, in this case. Was it just me or did Sisu kind of look like her? Like, did her face have some of her? Probably did. You know how some characters, they'll actually look at the footage of the actor, like performing right. the lines. And there's some there's like two ways that they go with this where they have their own, you know, visual representation of the character, how they talk, how they move their mouth. And that's totally unique and a different and apart from the character. And then sometimes they'll actually take the, the screen, the actor and model kind of the movements of the actor on the character. And I really felt like I was looking at a dragon version of her. <laughs> Maybe it's just because she does yeah. such a great job. I, I mean, I think I, I'm sure they did that. I mean, they either look at footage of the actor or they look at footage of themselves doing yeah. that. Yes, that's true. So, like, so if you're a really good is... animator and you're getting all the top gigs, uh, your face is on every lead character. Actually, not really, because <laughs> that's not really how it works anymore. You basically get right, a scene, no. but <laughs> yeah. But there's still people who who do that. Right. Like as far as like this is my scene. So, for example, I'm thinking of specifically in. Um, the making of frozen two where she, the the one animator she goes and she's like skateboarding or something in order to like do oh, yeah. a specific or somebody's skateboarding and um uh, to do a very specific scene where she's running off to the edge of the cliff and like oh you know s- s- almost to uh the little mermaid kind of like reach for something that's never going to be mine kind of thing um <laughs> <laughs> so anyway so the, yeah it happens um, but yeah, for Sisu, I, for her, I didn't notice that specifically. I thought it was a, I thought it was a cute dragon. Nice. All I got out of that. Yeah. And she's really goofy. You know, I, you'd think that this character, I don't know. We've had a lot of sidekick characters in the past. So, you know, you think of Mushu, you know, first talking about a lot, talking about Mulan and the comparisons there. Mm-hmm. We have Mushu and he's funny, but he's not necessarily super, super goofy. And we have Genie, who's not goofy. He's just really out there, you know, yeah. because he's omnipresent. He knows all these things. He's just like 
constantly going. I don't know. So she she was great. You know, it was great to see this female sidekick character, if you will. Um, she wasn't necessarily a sidekick as in like she was an equal footing with Raya. I felt she was just as important. She wasn't just here for comedic relief or just to, you know, sell toys for the kids. She was an right. actual player, which is why she got, you know, the title treatment, you know, Raya and the last dragon. So now we have Raya and we have Sisu and they're like, hey, deciding that they have a, a goal to go and get all of the pieces back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get all the pieces back from everything. So I, I do want to point out that at this point, you're also bringing back in Namari plus all of her crew and they're all traveling on giant cats and they are the the cat claw like I, they really like claws so they're with cats and it just reminded there's a little bit further on like toward the end you meet her going back to where her mom is teaching all the little ones she's like okay my kittens come back later and i was like i wonder if this was done like pre or post uh, Tiger King, because I really <laughs> wanted them to be like, all right, my cats and kittens, get out there. All right, my cool cats and kittens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's but I, I had a question for you. Um, okay. You've got Cook Cook, or what is it? His name is Tuk Tuk, who is voiced by Alan Tudyk, yes. which he's the gift that keeps on giving. That's what a a... a a degree from Juilliard will get you. You are our, now the the guy who does all of the random animal sidekicks in Disney. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, would you rather be riding along on uh, a tuk-tuk or one of the cats from uh, Namari's clan? Well, I mean, as far as smooth ride, the tuk-tuk. Wait, tuk-tuk is that little like spinny is thing? Is the roly-poly? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a nice smooth ride right there. I, I'd be interested to see how they created a saddle that kind of suspends on top um, of that thing <laughs> instead of yeah, rolling with was... it. But, uh, you know, that's for another day. <laughs> They've mastered different forms of physics that we don't have at this point in time, which is cool. Um, but, you know, for just for a coolness factor, definitely the cats. I agree. I don't think I could pass up riding along on a giant tiger. So, yeah, you know, speaking great. of that scene, I really thought that one of the best scenes in the movie visually was that very first scene where she's just, you know, time has progressed. She has the hat on and the cape and then she's riding on the tuk tuk and it's just dusty and she's passing all of the the stones of the different people. So you can see it just visually tells a lot about what has happened over the past few years. We see that she's aged Mm -hmm. up. We see that more and more people are turning to stone. It's just a wild, wild west out there. And it was just a really, really cool scene. That was probably my favorite visually in the entire film. I felt like all the visuals in this were quite up to par on, uh, as far as compared to any other film. So I was very impressed with Mm -hmm. how they did all that. And as you're going along, I don't even know where to go with all these because I just, I have a, I have all the like two boxes of, you know, comments, one box of like, okay, we could go like, you know, point by point, or we could just talk about the things that I really just didn't understand. (laughs) (laughs) And one of the things that I really don't understand is one is why everybody ends up like they're holding like a bowl with their hands when they turn to stone. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why everybody ends up looking like that. And then also, I don't 
Um, I feel like, is this whole thing going to end up like the blip in the Avengers where after five years, six years in this case, uh, now everybody comes back and they don't know what to do with everyone because there's quite a bit more, quite a bit more people uh, have <laughs> aged along. Like it's been six years. So you've, you've had an increase in population of the people that stayed behind, but then you also have people that now are coming back after, you know, no longer being stoned. So it's, it's just a very, very interesting moment. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think there's enough time to talk about population control and all that that entails <laughs> in this podcast, but um, you know, maybe for a nerdy I'm not couch about discussion, population control. I'm right. just about population, like analyst, <laughs> like analysts, <laughs> I <know>. analysis. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I got nothing for you, Chelsea. <laughs> okay, those are just the questions. Where would you like to go with this conversation, I mean, Morgan? Yeah, if, if it comes up, it comes up, bring it up. But, but it's just, you know, we meet these different groups of people along the way. We have the little boy, you know, and the thing is, like, I even being a few weeks removed from having watched the film, like, it's hard to remember people's names at this point in time. Um, yeah. There's just like, oh, the boy on the boat and then the little girl without parents and... Then the guy yeah. <laughs> who lost all his family and lost his baby. And then, yeah. So it's just a ragtag gang <laughs> that she musters uh -huh. up and we're going to save China sort of thing. Very predictable. As I was watching it, I was like kind of looking at my watch like, okay, we can't spend very much time here. We're like, basically we're in and we're out sort of thing. Um, it's uh -huh. not ever difficult for them to obtain these stones, to find out where yeah. they're hidden, where they are. Uh, we usually within a few minutes of, reaching that place where we know where it is and we're figuring out how to get it. I mean, they did mix it up in the variety, you know, one they had to, you know, I really liked the, the switcheroo with in Talon when they were there, how the, there's kind of the switcheroo with who the, the real leader is. You think it's the one guy and it's actually the old lady thought she was funny. So let's yada yada. They get the gems at all of these different pieces and, you know, they have to go to Fang to get theirs and then they meet good old Namari. She keeps showing up all of these different places. You know, there was at the previous place where they were, where they were holding off um, that that gate. And Namari sees Sisu right before they leave. Uh -huh. And so, you know, she being this dragon super fan girl, she's kind of like, it's, it's a moment where you're like, oh, is she going to turn? Is she now? It's, it's. You know, she's she's had faith in this thing the whole time and she finally sees it. So now she's going to go and follow it. You know, very biblical reference sort of there. Right. Um, and so we're hoping that by the next time they encounter her, because that's the not, not the last you've seen of me, that she's going <laughs> to join them. And she does kind of, but not really. And um, then double crosses them again, but this time with a double cross with a cross bow. <laughs> <laughs> This is another thing I didn't like about Namari is how later on after this moment, she comes back and somehow blames the whole death of Sisu on Raya again, saying, mm -hmm. uh, you didn't trust Sisu. I was going to change and you didn't trust her. Therefore, it's your fault <laughs> again. Like her death is as much your fault as it is my like, what? How dare you? I was mad at that. Like you are, yeah. We call exactly that what you said. Gaslighting. <laughs> yes, that's called manipulation. Like uh, you got issues, girlfriend. Yeah, with trust for sure. 
Um, yeah, so you kind of are wondering, wow, we, this girl is no good. She cannot be redeemed. But in the end, you know, some people just need a few tries to let their inner goodness come out. And at the very end, you know, she does, when all Druun breaks loose, you know, she actually, <laughs> you know, gives up and or turns and, and she actually turns and fights with them and even, you know, goes to the end with Raya, which is pretty cool. And Raya turns to stone, which is not what you expect. You think she's going to be the big savior. She's going to be the one to save the day. The movie is named after her after all. And so when she turns to stone, it's kind of like, oh, what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're trying to show that it's okay. It's It was Raya's chance to be the bigger person. And I do appreciate that message that went through. It's like, mm-hmm. even though you know that these people have double-crossed you multiple times. You're still going to be the bigger person. You're still going to be the one to to move forward and to put trust in others. Like yes. I get that that's what they're trying to, the message that they're trying to convey. I still don't know how it necessarily connects to uh, the Droon, how the Droon are aware of trust issues or not. <laughs> uh, I, just, I just don't know. But the, the message in, in and of itself is a good one. Um, being able to look past, past, uh, wrongs and yeah. move forward in as though this is the like when you when you look at people and you treat them the way you you project you would want to be treated mm-hmm. like you project on them the goodness that you would want to see and I think that that's a very good quality as well you know always no matter what the person ever does to act as opposed to react to how somebody acts toward you yes um anyway. I feel like that's what they're kind of going for. So I'll accept that and say, good job. (laughs) Like as far as messages go, that's a good message. Yeah, it was, it went along with the message. The message was all about trust throughout. And instead of her being the one to save today, she has to trust someone who has backstabbed her multiple times and has no reason to be one that you put trust in. It's her only hope. And she does it. She, She gives up everything that she has her life to trust someone who just is untrustworthy and it works out in the end. Uh, the, the gemstone is put back together and even she turn even Namari turns into stone. But since everything had been uh, united before that moment, so she combines the stone at the nick of time. So even though she turns to stone, everything starts reversing and everyone is now back to normal. No more stone people. And it really is kind of interesting. You were you briefly talked about this, but how bizarre and strange would it be where some people in your life, you know, if you turned to stone, you were it stone for six years or three years or however many years, you know, it ended up being. Other people in your life continue to age and progress. And now you're the same age. Very, very, not the same age, sorry. <laughs> I mean, I guess well, if you had a, a six-year-old and a 12-year-old, right? That would that would solve that. That would be bizarre. But even yeah. for, for her father, you know, she's no longer just this cute little preteen anymore. She's she's a young woman. Uh, yeah, she's like a, a, you know, probably, like you said, a 20-year-old at least. Well, no, nah, maybe not. She seemed more like she, she was like... she was 14 like... and then she was 20. Okay. Yeah, okay, we'll yeah. go with that. 20 is apparently the new 16 for Disney. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so all in all, like what were your thoughts about the full the full story? Like it's been some time. How yeah. do you feel? 
it has been a few weeks. There has been some time. And even just initially afterwards, it was like, this is a good movie. I liked it, but it was just very generic in a way, just very formulaic with the plot. We got to collect the pieces. How many times have we seen that before in various iterations? And I, you know, we haven't talked about Sisu enough, but she really is just the bright star of this show without Sisu and Raya is great because Raya is not necessarily, she's just kind of a normal girl. She's not wacky. She's not crazy. She's not super funny. She's just really determined to make this happen. And she's, you know, she's a normal person who can save the world, which is great. You know, that she doesn't necessarily have all these superpowers, but pairing her with Sisu is nice because Sisu is not only just otherworldly and magical and she's hilarious at the same time. And I really think that, kind of carried on Robin Williams legacy in a way, as far as these comical sidekick sort of characters, but she did it with the female perspective where we don't see a lot of female side characters, if at all, they're always male. Yeah. And so I really just appreciated that, you know, this was just like two super strong women, one in dragon form and one in human form. <laughs> and then we also have Namari who we didn't even talk about her character design. So beautiful, so strong, so tough, love her haircut. Like she just embodies like I'm a bad A. <laughs> you know, I, one joke that I, I thought was funny, not a joke, but one thing that I thought was funny is how she had that haircut. Like apparently that's it was her mom's haircut. She had it as a young girl. And then later on, they still have both have that haircut. And I'm like, well, that is a haircut that you kind of have to commit to. <laughs> so <laughs> the fact that six years later, you still have it, you know, it's like I've definitely had the same haircut over a six year period of time. So I get that. But also it's like, that one's hard to, to not commit not, to. <laughs> not really though, because her, her, their hair's so short, you know, yeah. when I see the girls who have that haircut, but they have long hair and then half of it shaved off. I'm like, wow, if you ever wanted to not have this haircut again and just, yeah, that's going to take a long a time for your hair <laughs> to grow back. You know, when your hair's to your chin, it's like, okay, give me a year and my hair will be back. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah you gotta no, commit <laughs> it's a commitment yeah you just yeah all right here's this is what we got you know going back also what you're talking about sisu um one aspect of her character in the whole formula i guess of how you brought everything back together is you know at the beginning everybody said oh the great and mighty sisu oh she is the one and the only and uh when she comes back she's just like this like probably the lowest on the totem pole as far as the dragons go um, her magic mm-hmm. power is that she can swim really, really well, <laughs> which that was a funny payoff when she was like talking about it, talking about it, talking about it. And yeah, you know, they're like, okay, yeah, great. Mm-hmm. And then it actually <laughs> like, came. Yeah. It was actually super helpful. <laughs> <laughs> super helpful. Yeah. And she, it, but in comparison to all the others, I do think that the swimming thing is a lot better than the mystical glow. Like, <laughs> like she glows. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, the shapeshifter, that's, that would be probably the most convenient of the mm-hmm. powers. Uh, and then the rain one, also cool. I feel like they all have the ability to run on air, though. Yeah. Am I yes, wrong in that assumption? <laughs> no, no. That's definitely, don't matter who you are, that's part of your dragonness. <laughs> yeah. So... I mean, I, I liked the, the payoff with that, you know, think, like she was like, who was I? I was nobody. They were the ones that just put all their trust in me. And therefore I ended up being the one, 
you know, in the group project that still got the, you know, I, that turned it in. So I got credit. Um, mm-hmm. I did like that, you know, put everybody in their own perspective of, you know, feeling like they are not the end all. And so they're all trying to kind of uh, make up for what other people have entrusted to them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I liked that. I thought it was interesting later on when it's like, Oh, plus all of the dragons are back, not just the last five that she was with. So it's like there's a there's a really big population increase. At this yeah, moment. like not just all alive. of the people, <laughs> but like all the dragons are back. Well, well the dragons the just to be float alive. around and fly, so they're not going to take up too much real estate. So yeah, that's true. They they're on a different plane, obviously. <laughs> Literally, um, <laughs> talking about the voice cast, you know, very commendable that they had a nearly all Asian voice cast for this. I mean, obviously this is a fictional land, but it's heavily inspired Uh by Southeast Asia and Aquafina, who we talked about. She's just amazing. (laughs) I love her. And for Raya, it's Kelly Marie Tran and other people um, that I recognize, you know, Daniel Day Kim, he's from Lost. He played Raya's father. Everybody loves Uh, Sandra Oh. Sandra Oh, who, how could you not? Of course, that she plays Namari's mother, hardcore. (laughs) (laughs) Right. just loved it. And then Gemma Chan, she played Namari. I wasn't really familiar with her, but I thought she did a great job as Namari. And, um, you know, they were talking about, I saw, I was reading kind of a, uh, an article saying <laughs> it was just interesting. Kelly Marie Tran was talking about how she's totally up for a sequel and she, she'd love to do the voice. And I'm just like, but who's not up for a sequel? Like if you're, <laughs> this is your gig where you're an artist and you're a if voice you're... actor or you're an actor, like, of course, like, please make as many of these. I'm sign me up, you know, unless you're, yes, there's exactly. very few instances where people are like, no, I don't want a sequel. Don't, I'm not interested in more work. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want a job. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's literally the only non-Asian on the main, uh, on the main Alan. list is Alan Tudyk. Played, <laughs> played the animals. <laughs> <laughs> Good for him. He loves that job. You know, I wouldn't be, I would be totally Don't fine with the- having <laughs> the Don't hand that feeds, feeds you. <laughs> like, I'll take it. Anything that stand out to you about Raya and the Last Dragon? So as far as like, if I were to give this a rating, I'm going to give it like a three and a half stars out mm-hmm. of out of five, mostly because I think after yeah no I it was a really solid uh, movie, but I felt like it was pretty as we've talked about predictable and also forgettable. Um, yeah, it's been a couple weeks like yourself. I had to go in and rewatch it last night because I was like, I think I've forgotten all of it except for like mm-hmm. two things. And so just in that, it means that it didn't really stick in my head the way I wanted it. Uh, like a five star movie would stick in my head. Um, so just based on that, that's that's where I leave it. Uh, I enjoyed it, though. It was it was good. Good time. Good, solid family flick. So yeah, that's where I'm, that's where I'm at with this. Yeah. Likewise, I'm going to give it, I'm debating between three, three and a half stars. Um, it, yeah, three and a half stars. It was 
good and it was a good time and I was happy to be back in the theater watching it. But like you said, it's just kind of generic and a little bit forgettable. You know, when I compare to other Disney films, because I'm just a huge Disney fan and Disney animation, you know, is everything to me. And there's something really special about Disney animation. And this just didn't feel special. And I know people have made those comparisons about Pixar and some of the more recent Pixar films is like, oh, Pixar is losing its spark, is losing its edge, whatever. But this just didn't feel like it had that Disney panache or that pizzang. Like I'm making up words that start with P's here, but (laughs) it just didn't have that Disney X factor that really makes Disney films special. Like it felt like maybe any studio could have produced this. Um, Definitely the lack of songs. I understand why they didn't want to do it. Not every single film has to have songs. I get it. But, and and this, I don't know. It was a little bit more serious of a film, uh, yeah. which I appreciated. I'm not saying like, oh, it needed songs, but it just, it compared to, for Disney standouts, you know, in my mind, they typically have songs. Well, yeah. Uh, for me, if you're going to ask me songs or no songs, I'm always songs. So right. <laughs> <laughs> just on a hey. standard Always sucks. <laughs> uh, so, you know, for that reason, it's just kind of uh, a bit of a letdown, I guess. it's It was good, but a letdown, if that makes sense. And I think that's just because I have such a high uh, view of Disney films in my mind. I think of really great classics, ones that really just I want to go back and watch again and again. Beauty and the Beast, Frozen, Tangled, Aladdin. They all just... There's just something special about them. And maybe that's for a future nerdy couch discussion. Like what is the Disney X factor that, or what makes a film that you want to go back and back and watch. But this one, I mean, I don't need to go back and see it anytime soon. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I I watched it again for this purpose of talking to you today. But outside of that, I don't think there was anything that would have said, I really want to go and watch this again. Um, And I, I like, Going back to your 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 question, I don't know what it is. There's that is the Disney X factor, you know, the, especially of those. You're not supposed to answer it, Chelsea. That's for I the mean, nerdy couch discussion. But that's what I'm saying for the nerdy <laughs> couch discussion. We're gonna have to really go deep. We're gonna have to go deep and analyze, like, okay, like all of like go through and realize, okay, what are all of our top five, you know, five star films, and what was it about those films that really made it? The X factor. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's how we'll do it. But Be anyway, sure to subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> so we asked our patrons in our exclusive patron-only Facebook group called Roto Nation. We asked, "Who is your favorite character in Raya and the Last Dragon, and why?" And Soul responded. She said, "She said none of them were developed, but if I had to pick one, I would say the dad and the little kid." So. You know, that really goes to tell you how much people Uh are remembering these characters when we don't know who's who. (laughs) We're just calling them the dad and the kid. Yes. (laughs) And she said the full the whole movie felt like a TV season squished into a movie. I felt Raya had no personality and she was a super bad a girl. But as far as personality, she didn't have anything like Rapunzel, Anna, Moana. I totally agree. She was pretty bland. This is my job. This is what I want to do. I'm going to go. Got to save my dad. Got to go get the stone. Um, It's a shame. Sisu, she uh, took everything in the personality department. That's for sure. I agree. Which I'm surprised. I'm surprised uh, Sol didn't say, uh, you know, Raya was her favorite character. Um, but I guess she didn't love Raya. 
compared to the dad. The dad was great and very um, endearing and loving and fatherly. He was. Yeah. Yes, he's the little. Yeah, I know. I agree completely with Saul. Like the little kid, he was probably the best. And his story, as far as like he's a little entrepreneur and he's just like going and <laughs> going to do all these things. I'm like, res- mad respect, kid. I like it. Actually, I liked all of the the ragtag gang. Because you also had the the big doofus, not doofus, but the big gruff guy who reminded me of he reminded me of the entangled um, one of from one of the the snuggly duckling like people. Mm -hmm. And I just liked those guys. So (laughs) that's why I liked him. everyone for joining us for this episode of the animation addicts podcast our next movie is going to be pixar's soul so be sure to send us your voicemails for that so you can give us your voicemail reviews we're excited to do that one you can send the voicemails at rotoscopers.com voicemails or give us a call at 406-646-6575 We're excited to be back. Thank you so much to the patrons for their support. If you would like to become a patron, so that way you can not only get us on a weekly basis, but we can start giving you episodes twice a week, then we would love it if you would support the show at rotoscopers.com slash patron. That, my friends, was our take on Raya and the Last Dragon. And until next time, we We are are Rotoscopers. Yeah, so I bought this Amazon boom mic stand, I guess. This, you know, the arm that you can move around and yeah, yeah. look all fancy, like all of the you are streamers like do that. and all the mm-hmm. Yes. Because um, <laughs> you for... want to be like this great this like the big YouTube streamers. <laughs> They're like, woo! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm cool. Except for it was seven dollars. And uh for seven dollars, it's a piece of crap. <laughs> <laughs> now I understand why it was seven dollars. Like it does the job. It's just so cheaply made. So I can't really complain. Oh, baby's here. His, uh, his pacifier. But so I can't really complain. But at the same time, it's I understand why it was seven dollars. And I asked someone else, um, you know, just uh, she has a podcast and whatnot. And I looked up hers. Hers is like one hundred fifty dollars. Like, hmm. I'm sure that does the job too. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll stick with my seven dollar boom mic stand for I now mean, but hopefully i will not be bumping into it like i used to, oh i just bumped into it Dang <laughs> it. <laughs> oh it's amazing oh man but yeah before it would like bump against the table and kind of create problems yeah yeah you know because you would edit it but um i'm hoping that's not the case anymore so as a side note um we've gotten yeah. a couple people ask us about our podcasting situation shall we disclose that for the you know people who stuck around why don't we do this for a nerdy couch discussion episode okay i think they're gonna be more like personality based ones where we can just like shoot the breeze not necessarily but we'll have like a topic okay and i think let's just save that we'll save this conversation for one of those okay so let's do raya and then we can do like a mini one of like how we got started how to get started doing podcasting like a bonus okay yeah sounds good okay, cool right i mean they couldn't do raya and sisu <laughs> it's like I yeah, mean, who's that? What's but, that mean? <laughs> I'm like, I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, the last it it worked out for them. Pause. Um, um, the baby's kind of falling asleep, so I'm gonna move him to the closet. 
Okay. One second. Okay, I'm back. Look it wasn't back. a closet under the stairs. It was just a closet. <laughs> An upgrade. <laughs> a walking closet. Know, the closet on the sta- Oh, <laughs> I guess so. Technically, the closet under the stairs was a walk-in closet as well. So that's true. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. You've been listening to the Animation Addicts podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and be sure to leave us a five-star review. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to help spread the word, be sure to share the podcast with your friends on social media. Just don't forget to tag us at Rotoscopers on Instagram and use the hashtag Animation Addicts. For all the links and full show notes for this episode, go to rotoscopers.com slash podcast. Now, if you still can't get enough for your animation fix, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube and visit rotoscopers.com for more animation news, reviews, and interviews.